Hey, it's your boy Sebastian. Just wanted to give you a heads up that this episode of Notable Nerds was recorded before I changed the podcast name from The Pro Nerd Report to Notable Nerds. Notable Nerds is a podcast under the Pro Nerd Report brand. Just wanted to let you know so you didn't think you were listening to the wrong show. That said, thank you and enjoy. This is Notable Nerds, a pro nerd report podcast where we introduce you to really cool nerds who are doing really cool things. I'm your host, Sebastian Malden, and my goal is to highlight nerdy, talented people who are killing it in the world. In each episode, we will hear their origin story, and they will impart a bit of advice and wisdom to others who might be looking to get in their industry or just learn something new. Without further ado, thank you for joining us, and now let's meet today's Notable Nerd. Coming up on today's show, we have a very special guest with us today. He is one of the hosts of the New Dad Gaming Podcast, and he's an all-around awesome nerd. That's right, we have Trevor Alexander with us today, and he's going to talk with us about balancing being a father and a gamer, the games he lets his kids play, and we're going to answer that tried old true old question. Who's the best dad in video games? All this and more on this episode of the Pro Nerd Report. Ladies and gentlemen, like I said in the intro, we have a very special guest with us today. He is the one, the only, the amazing from the New Dad Gaming Podcast. This is Trevor Alexander. Hey, Trevor, how you doing? Absolutely great. Thanks so much for having me on today. No, glad. thank you for being on the show. Glad to have you. Really excited for you to be here today. Oh. I got a question for you, just right off the bat. I'm just going to go full-fledged right into it. <laughs> how long have you been a gamer? Oh, man. There's hard questions right at the beginning. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> So I think my first gaming experience would go back to Atari. So I'm coming up on 40 years old. And so I would have been five or six, I guess, when the Atari was there. I can't quite do the math. But I remember my dad just bringing a suitcase full of an Atari and just hundreds of little cartridges. I think a buddy of work was throwing it out. <laughs> I remember playing like there's like a blackjack game. There's all this stuff that wasn't really meant for us, but we we're just kind of playing it around. And there's that first introduction to that interactive medium press a button and something happens on screen and, and it just kind of clicked. And from then on in, like it systems just seemed to kind of flow with us. So we, my brother and I were partners in crime. So we would save up money from a paper, whatever else. And eventually we'd found a, a Nintendo, then a super Nintendo, a PlayStation. Eventually I got a play PlayStation two and just, you know, throughout my entire kind of life from there. So I think really probably from the age of five or six, I'd start to play games. Oh, that's really cool. So Atari, then Nintendo, then PlayStation. Yeah. Are you still on the PlayStation Nintendo kind of pathway or have you moved uh, into Xbox PC? All of the above, honestly. So the at the present moment, I'm kind of blessed with everything I have. I mean, I have a PlayStation, have a Switch and have an Xbox as far as like next gen goes mm -hmm. and, and a PC. I don't know if I mentioned that. Uh, so I have all of them covered. As far as next gen, I did go with the Xbox Series S. Okay. So, because in my day-to-day, -day, I'm a UI designer, and there's something so aesthetically pleasing about the tiny white box that is the <laughs> Xbox Series S. Like, it's it's so charming and fits so well, like, in furniture. Like, it doesn't look like the other behemoths of the current generation console. So, I, I, I'm not really, I don't pledge allegiance to any particular group of consoles. I think I really just go where the games are and which, whatever I can kind of get my hands on at the time. 
That makes sense. So, being that you have an Xbox Series X, are you? Uh, I'm assuming you have Game Pass as well. Oh, absolutely. I, I you have a, to. Uh, it's it is the greatest deal in gaming, and especially from like the fatherhood side, the pluses are ridiculous because you save time. Your, your time is so limited in playing games. So the fact that you don't even have to download it, you can just stream the game immediately to see if it's something you're into. Fantastic, fantastic, and awesome. When your kids want to find something new, you're not taking like an $80 bet on a new game because, you know, often like they've kind of got rid of trials these days. So mm-hmm. the ability to just like download this game, try it. Uh, kids don't like it. Off it goes. <laughs> try something else. Try something else. So, yeah, Game Pass is just a, a stunning in my in my opinion, a stunning deal. One of the best things in gaming. Are, are you I yourself on? Are you yourself on Game Pass or PlayStation? Yeah, I'm I'm on, I'm on Game Pass as well. I have um pretty much every console as well. So mm-hmm. I've I have the Xbox Series S and a X. I have the X nice. upstairs and I have the S <laughs> downstairs. So, but <laughs> I really I really enjoy both of them, and I really love the fact that you know Game Pass makes it easy, just like you were alluding to, easy to play and easy to try out anything. Mm-hmm. I don't even have to have that burden of actually downloading anything anymore. It's just yeah. basically trying it on the cloud. If I don't like it, I can find out I don't like it within like an hour or two hours of playing it, and I don't feel like I have to re-download anything. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It yeah. really is. And, and even what, the other thing that's really worked well for me is, uh, you know, often game time was kind of time away from my wife. She's mm-hmm. not much, doesn't play games whatsoever, and usually the consoles are relegated to, you know, the basement or living room. <laughs> and it gets it gets more towards the evening, and she's upstairs. So, you know, to me, for me to play game, okay, I got to be separate from my wife, which sucks because, you know, as parents, you don't really have as much time together. Mm-hmm. So what, what I, I did end up buying was a backbone, which is oh, okay. a, yeah, like a controller mod for an iPhone. And I'm able to stream all those games to it. So I can still be in bed with her. So we're around, but kind of talking to one another and I'm still getting that little bit of game time. Mm-hmm. So, so it's really just on multiple levels enabled more games to enter the household, which I think is just such a great win. It really is. I um have you seen the new backbone that came out recently? The one that has like the PlayStation DualSense look. Yeah, it's it's be- it is a beautiful kit. I, I really wonder is. if I if I hadn't bought this backbone previously, I probably would go with uh, <laughs> that. It's so one. aesthetically pleasing to look at. <laughs> I love the way it looks. It's it's stunning to think about like the you know, you can I'm sure you remember too, like so we, we were talking about Atari and Nintendo mm-hmm. and all those like early ones. And I always love to think about going back to that version of me that kid and explaining okay so this this square piece of glass is a phone and and we're gonna attach this thing to it and it's gonna go across the internet you don't know what that is you will Uh, you're gonna go across the internet and play a game that's somewhere else in the world and you're not gonna notice a bit and and just watch the little kid's head explode Oh, for sure. Uh, for sure. Back in the day, we would have been like, you are talking witchcraft right now. And like, you are absolutely <laughs> speaking like something that would never exist in this world. But we've come a long way in gaming. Um, speaking of Game Pass, did you hear about the new family plan they're trying out? Yeah, I'd heard of it as, as far as on Twitter, mm-hmm. but I wasn't sure of the details. Do you know how that actually works? So from my understanding, they're going to have a new tier that's dedicated to uh, for a family tier, uh, family okay. plan tier. It's going to be slightly more expensive, but it'll mm-hmm. allow pretty much, I think, up to four users to be on the plan all at wow. once. Okay. And right now, I think it's be- it's being beta overseas, so it hasn't quite gotten over here yet. But I think it, I, if they are trying it out in beta, I think it's pretty much a sure bet that we're going to get in in the U.S. Yeah, it's probably and in Canada. Mm-hmm. That would be great because one thing I have noticed is the 
one opportunity I have for gaming is because of the streaming with the backbone on my phone, if my kids are playing off playing their own game, they're having a good time, I want to sneak in one of my games. It'd be nice if I could stream mm-hmm. but because they're on the console. Hey, you're the same person. You can't do this. <laughs> yeah. So if we hook up into the family plan and then, of course, as they get older, perhaps there's like, you know, second consoles in the house and they're able to have their own little situation without messing my save files. <laughs> Yeah, I understand. I'd be like, absolutely. I don't have kids at the moment, but I'd absolutely be panicked that all my save files are going to be deleted. I think it'd keep me up at night. It really would. Yeah, no, it's constant struggle. Anything you want to play. The the really interesting one, we just talked about this on our show last week, was uh, because it's my account that they're playing on Mm -hmm. and they have local friends. I got little buddies around, which I do love. Like, I do love when the kids are playing with each other with the game. Mm-hmm. So it really changes the dynamics. So as opposed to like alone screen time, which is never really that great. It's this communal, you know, you can think back to when you were a kid with buddies, like all sitting in front of the TV uh, playing that video game like that. That's an awesome bonding experience. It really is. So, it really so, that's, is. so that's starting to happen now. But now he's said, hey, give me your username and mm-hmm. I'll have my dad add, connect us. And then we can play at our homes. And that sounds great, except it's my account. <laughs> so I'm going to have this like 10 year old connected to like my account as a friend. And it's like, that's not that's troublesome <laughs> for many reasons. <laughs> like, I can't really have this. So I got So I'm like in the midst of trying to figure out, can I, you know, copy saves over to a different account so they, they mm-hmm. don't connect to me because I'm not super comfortable with that. Yeah. Or like, like, how am I going to wiggle out of this one or explain it? Not not sure how to address it, honestly. Yeah, you might have to wait for the family plan. On that one. <laughs> yeah, we'll give it up. <laughs> yeah, on that one you might have to wait for the family plan. That's funny. That's a, it's a terrible situation, but that's pretty funny. Um, so let's um uh, for all my first time guests, I like to do a segment called "Putting You on the Spot," in which I ask you a basic "Putting You on the Spot" question based on your area of expertise. So, with <laughs> you, you're a, ga- a huge gamer. I gotta ask, what are your top five games of all time? Yeah. I just love those type of questions because it's like you love games. Now narrow it down to only five. <laughs> it's just like, I have to make it challenging. I can't just I give course. you like twenty-five. That's a whole topic. Yeah. The um. So it's kind of funny. I almost become a bit of a fanboy because I have my top two would be from Super Giant Games. Okay. So uh, my number one game, and I just, this was actually just recent. This happened this year. It was Hades. Oh, a magnificent game. One of my favorite games yeah. in the last like five years. Easy just that it's it's hard to believe it was made like it's so artistic it's so beautiful and it's fun amongst it like the story the way they um thread the story throughout Mm -hmm. everything about it just stunning and amazing if listeners hadn't uh, haven't tried it yet you have to i think it's a masterpiece of gaming i do Uh, too and then second of that was um geez (laughs) i can tie in a a small story from it uh but the other one was a bastion oh my first indie game like I've yeah, that was my first real experience with indie games. I absolutely love Bastion. And we and we talk about, you know, we're sitting here speaking on this mic, and I, I'd actually got a little bit into voice acting because oh, of that okay. game. The the narrator in that game, it was just about the coolest damn thing I'd ever heard. Right? Like I just absolutely lord it. He, and he's a phenomenal uh, voice actor. But it inspired me. So I, I took voice acting classes. Uh, because of it and got even a couple gigs from it like it's a really interesting uh segment so that game, that game so inspired me to actually to take off and like try a whole new avenue to see what it was and it's always kind of nice to have that training in my uh, back pocket 
That's really cool. Um, Bastion, if I remember correctly, the narrator in that game had like that silky smooth, deep <sighs> voice. Oh, it was unbelievable. So mm-hmm. deep, smooth. He's got, he's got a bit of a draw to it. Yeah. And he, and he just like he he's narrating everything that you're doing, mm-hmm. which at the time was just revolutionary. Yeah, it, it really was. So cool. You break a vase and he would narrate about like how <laughs> reckless you were. I was like, oh, I love this. <laughs> Why do you have to break that vase? <laughs> so great. Uh, man, the problem is that leads me to three more. So, I'd, so Final Fantasy X, uh, not a really well-loved installment of the series for most fans, mm-hmm. but I absolutely adore it. Um, oh, boy, getting down to the last couple. Uh, there was this, man, there's this dodgeball game for Nintendo NES. Wow. Yeah. Okay, throw it back. Throw it back. And there's, there's something about that game in particular, my brother and I playing that one so much, being so competitive with it, but I remember being so much fun. And your depending on which character you had, the system was honestly very great as far as like your ability to the time catches. If you're going to stop a ball, depending on who you picked, the ball would like have different trajectories. So it's either a fastball or like a spinner. Or... I think it's called Super Dodgeball. Yeah, I think that's the mm-hmm. one. Like, that's it. So that was, you know, for some reason, no matter where I've gone in gaming, that like that's just stuck in for some reason. Okay, That's so amazing. Uh, and then probably lastly, that. We'll call it No Man's Sky. The, wow. The okay. Yeah, and I I bought it before I I bought it pre-release, mm-hmm. and it came out. And for me, it filled all the boxes. I, I thought it was really fun, like an expansive. It was a huge, uh, geez, a accomplishment as what they actually did mm-hmm. on the universe side. It <laughs> it rightfully was kind of raked across the coals for not necessarily delivering on all of its promises. So I don't want to defend it too much, but it did it for me when it first came out and then to see it continually update to see the team, despite that initial um, adversity mm-hmm. and any, any, any less of a team. And they would have just like packed up shop left and like, Oh, well, this game was a failure and they get out of Dodge, but they just worked for years and years to continue adding to systems, never charged for an upgrade, all the upgrades since the original purchase completely free. And it's just, it's one of the greatest story the greatest redemption stories in gaming, I think, of all time. And it's on top of an awesome game, I think. I agree with you. I think that's an admirable choice, um, especially with that studio. Like you said, they went through so much adversity, and rightfully so, to be honest. But mm-hmm. it shows how well they came back from that. And it's um, they're, they're in a situation now that CD Projekt Red with Cyberpunk would love to be in. Like, everyone, <laughs> you know, everyone crapped on No Man's Sky when it first mm-hmm. came out. But everyone acknowledges that as a good game now it's to the point to where mm-hmm. it's still coming up in gaming showcases like playstation vr just had a trailer for no man's sky like a couple of weeks ago where they were advertising wow. the no man's sky game and it has that staying power still yeah that's this... it's crazy it's a cool story yeah and i had psvr and that was just one of those uh situations where i can't believe this game with its scale so long after release <laughs> you guys would have been uh, still done fine if you'd given this up a year ago, but you kept going, and now you're going to release a VR mod on mm-hmm. PlayStation. Like it's just like it's mind-boggling how much they just kept pushing it. So it's been. I'd like if, if anything else, like the game itself, I adore it. It was a lot of fun. Had so much fun exploring the universe, but just to also see that layered in with the story, redemption story, makes it a place in my heart. Now, that is a. Pretty diverse list of five games right there. It's like <laughs> I did it good. It was, it really yeah, so, yeah, number one, Madden uh, seventeen. Number two, <laughs> Madden eighteen. Number three, <laughs> just go down the list. 
I mean, but no, it is like a really cool list. Um, hey, like the only two games which would be like Hades and Bastion really kind of correlate with uh, with each other. The rest of them are kind of like their own separate mm. entities in their own separate genres. So I think like that's really cool. Um, I think the only two that I've really just hardcore experienced out of those would be Hades and Bastion, though. Mm. And I love yeah. Hades. I think I put in it's crazy how many hours I put into Hades. Yeah, there's this. I, I, we were laughing on the show because the my favorite thing that they did is there's a setting because I was never that good at it. And again, mm-hmm. I, I tend to not really focus too much on getting good at games. I just experience it and enjoy it. But I wanted to get through it. And they had this setting where it's um, I don't know exactly what I call it. Like easy, call it easy mode, basically. But every time you <laughs> die, you take mm-hmm. like two percent less damage. Damage each time. Yeah, because they're basically they, mm-hmm. it's it just means you can ramp up and eventually win. Because at the end, you can be taking ninety percent less damage. I think that's the max. Oh, and I okay. got there. I died that many times because it was just like, you know what, man? I'm going to die a bunch. I'm going to crank this guy up to like God mode and then just kind of breeze through and focus on this awesome story. So that love that setting. I, those those type of settings for dads, honestly, like we'll call them dad mode. It, okay. It, okay. It, it's invaluable. Like, like I, don't, I don't mean to cast this with the same net. Some uh, gaming dads are awesome at games. They love the challenge. Mm-hmm. And fantastic. Great for you guys. But many gaming dads just don't have the time. I can't put in a hundred hours at this game to get good, but I want to experience it. I want to, you know, spend some time in here. So mm-hmm. those type of, you know, <laughs> certainly gives me another one of those like soft spots where it's like, oh, you guys had the dad setting that helped me so much. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks guys. I get it though. I mean, it's yeah. more so about time than it actually mm-hmm. is about skill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just that ability to like to put in those hours, which is almost sad. Like I, it'd be nice to have those type of hours, of course, but you know, between becoming an adult and eventually a father, you just don't kind of have those type of don't have those hundreds of hours a week to throw into a game. Yeah, that segues into what I was going to ask you is like one of our main topics, though. How do you manage that like balance, though, between mm-hmm. being a gamer who really loves this hobby, who's been with this medium for close to what all your life? Yeah. And then, you know, the balance that you also have, like responsibilities as a dad, you know, how do you keep that balance there? Yeah, I think that. You know, first and foremost, it's, it's really healthy to embrace fatherhood and uh, husbandry full stop, like just like mm-hmm. find the joy in it. So because you don't want to f- have resentment in that, like, oh, darn this kid. Now I can't play games. Mm-hmm. And and I think <laughs> I'll be honest, like when you're dead, it's go- that's going to happen. Right. I think one of the things that, you know, what, one of the things I've really hated and we'll talk a, a lot about on the show is just like where they're is a impetus to try to present things as great. Like, how are you doing? Oh, everything's fine. Everything's great. Uh, love my kid at all, at all times. They're never annoying. I don't like, <laughs> I never not like my kids. It's a wonderful and they're just a blessing. No, like sometimes they're a curse or they suck. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but we adore them. We love them. They give us so many amazing moments. So like you can approach it in such light and then doing so, I think sets you in a better uh, place to be able to say, uh, you know, I, I need to sacrifice some gaming. I, I can't be the way that I was because I need to be who he needs or she needs, you know, your son or daughter. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you you come to terms with that, I think. And then from this standpoint, like, okay, how are we going to work it in? And it's just about less time. You know, you choose what games you're going to play. Is it going to be time sync? It's maybe smaller understanding that you're not going to have the marathon sessions. You can't really that <laughs> your kid doesn't care that you stood you had to finish that final boss and would stay awake until 4 a.m. 
They can't, they, they're going to wake up at six and demand over. <laughs> like you're going to have to get up, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you need to plan accordingly. So your, your sessions kind of reduce. Uh, maybe it's less time uh, online with friends in that particular manner. And what's been so amazing these last years is much like we talked about at the top of the show with something like Game Pass and streaming and kind of the availability of consoles and just kind of games throughout the house. There's more and more opportunity to like dip into games wherever you are in those like in between moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there was a lot of uh, when the kid was young, it was there's a lot of moments to play. Actually, it was funny. Art, my oldest son back when he was a child, like an infant, mm-hmm. would would only generally sleep when I was walking with him or I was like rocking with him. Okay, he, but he'd be there like for like two hours, which by the way was just some of my favorite, most precious memories. I'll ever get to have it's awesome i love those memories but you know after some amount of time eventually i'd be busting up my phone and playing hearthstone like while, <laughs> while he's napping so i'm rocking him and he's going to be out for two hours so i'm just sitting there kind of sneaking in that game and, th- and that's one of those adjustments too where it's just like what i need to be aware of and careful of is that when he wakes up this goes away immediately it doesn't matter if i sacrifice the match it's just nope like family time like you Flew too close to the sun. You ran out of game <laughs> time. So time to put it down. But, you know, I think with coming from that place, that place of gratitude and happiness and understanding what a gift uh, kids can be, you mm-hmm. kind of set yourself up for a healthy way to look at how, how, how can I place my time so I can still appreciate this hobby? And then it gets better. Like, th- that's the thing. Like, as the kids start to roll into games themselves, like, everything kind of gets better and more opportunities show. So it's it's different, but it's uh, still great. Oh, that's really good. So with tech evolving the way it has and like, you know, now we have like instant startup and we have like quick reboots and, you know, you can get into like games, especially with Xbox. You have quick resume. You can get mm-hmm. right back into where oh, you left so off like six months ago. I'm like, is this like the best time ever to be like a dad gamer now? <laughs> Thousand percent. Absolutely. And look, I you know, I, I, as us gamers, come up often will kind of poo-poo mobile games for instance mm-hmm. but like i'll get a quick zoom for sure i want to chat about that but just one thing i think about i mentioned hearthstone on my phone so th- there is this like full card game completely contained on your little glass square you carry around mm-hmm. there is something like genshin impact if that happens to be kind of your bag like that's a full-fledged zelda legend of zelda clone right there on your phone so you know that type of availability like the technology coming along where you play there's now so many different options now enter into the fray a uh, quick resume mm-hmm. <laughs> that is so amazing. i don't know if you had the same experience i'd be curious to know i i likened it to sitting in front of like the super nintendo with like 10 cartridges right and so mm-hmm. it's like me 10 cartridges and like play this game okay pop it out slam new game get into it okay pop that out slam like new game like it, the ability to just like dip in to like four or five different games and then just jump around instantly. It, it was an absolute game changer. Less loading, quick resume, so many more games for us to try. I don't know if you had kind of a similar, what your first reaction was when you were popping around with uh, quick resume. I think I I was one of those people who like, when I get something new, I wanted to try out like all the major features immediately. So <laughs> yeah. I was just, it was almost like I had seen color for the first time, so to speak. <laughs> 
It, it was like can, it was it was so revolutionary to me. Like I mm-hmm. I kid you not. Like I had I started off with a PS5 for this new new console generation. Mm-hmm. I have the PS5 and I love it, absolutely love it. But then I went and I got the Xbox about six months after that. So PS5 I got like two about two weeks after it mm-hmm. first dropped in in November of 2020. Six months later, about March, I get the Xbox Series X and. I plug it in and it's not it, it's the I the UI is the exact same. So right off the bat, I'm like kind of mellowed a little bit because mm-hmm. I'm like, OK, this is really exactly the same I had as the last generation. But I cranked up a game. I think it was like Forza at the time and mm-hmm. switched between a couple of games to see what's the big hype about this quick resume feature. Everyone's talking about it. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it like booted up a game. And it was in the exact same spot, the exact same spot. I didn't have to like do the whole boot up with the whole game menu, nothing like that. Like for Madden, for instance, like I could be running a play. I can completely get out of that game, go play six other games and then come back and be in that exact same play in Madden. I I was just like, oh, my goodness. Like, how did I live without this? This is amazing. (laughs) This is so much better. It is. It really is. And I and it's a feature now that I don't think I could live without. I'm like. It's to that point to where I'm like, okay, I I don't play my Switch anymore because it doesn't have like it doesn't have that quick resume <laughs> or it doesn't have like quick resume or it doesn't have the PS5's SSD. Like mm-hmm. it feels slow to play in my hands now. So I have it, but I don't play it. So it's one of those things to where it completely changed my life as a gamer. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, that, that that sounds like hyperbole, but it really is the truth. Like the ability to how much more access you have to games because it, we sort of got into a place of bloat, right? Especially mm-hmm. in the 360 PS3 into PS4 and the Xbox one era where it's, here is this unparalleled, unbelievable experience as like uh, next generation, like huge worlds and everything else. But here's a two minute loading screen. Yeah. Right. Oh my and, goodness. That was and the then, worst. And let me just go, okay, now you're going to go into your ship. Well, that's a two minute loading screen mm-hmm. and, and you just kind of kept getting like, punched. And it was sort of, it's an interesting tra- transition because again, with NES and like SNES and like Genesis of like folks were on that uh, stream, like it was instant. Like there was, the cartridge was like this loaded right away. Yeah. So we, we accepted that trade off for graphics, but at some point, you know, the, I'll argue sometimes like the PS3, I suppose the PS4 graphics are so much better than the PS3. Mm-hmm. I don't know that. I cared as much compared to some of the gameplay. Like just, I want to play more. I want to have great experiences. Mm-hmm. It's super cool that you have so many pixels, but this two minute loading time sucks. Like oh yeah, safe, for sure. It's it's basically punishing. It's like, okay, I'll go into this uh, new map. Oh, I don't know if I want to load that whole thing. <laughs> like maybe I'll just come back some other time, but and all that's gone away. Like they finally, like, again, it's like the graphics have certainly improved. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that it's life changing. It's not again like SNES to like PlayStation no, type of like no. quantum leaps of it. But so, despite that being the fact, like this this ability to just quickly get into games and then jump in back into the other games ignites such a new passion for this uh, of playing these games. It's fantastic. It really is. I think you. I think you're really right about the fact that it didn't feel like a big leap graphically from the last generation, but it does feel like everything is all about convenience now. Mm-hmm. It's all about the inst, you know, the instant gratification versus just that performance-based, um, you know, graphical fidelity that we got mm-hmm. in the last 
like iteration between the PS3 and the PS4. This feels like it's all about like how can we make the player's experience the the best it can be. And I love that. I really do. I think um especially when I played like games on my Xbox Series X, like everything loads fast. Everything. Mm-hmm. I can throw at it a, be- a beefy game, I can throw at it a small little indie game and there's almost no difference between load time between the two. I think mm-hmm. the only like real egregious like low time I had was like Red Dead Redemption 2. I think I it was like <laughs> yeah. that game is so huge and I I was spoiled to this to the fact that I actually timed it and I was like, oh, it's 12 seconds. This is ridiculous compared to <laughs> what I'm used to now. <laughs> so I can't let this stand. My God, a whole 12 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, what am I? Some kind of peasant? I gotta wait 12 <laughs> seconds now. <laughs> yeah, Man, I went back and played um so, so I still have a PS4. I haven't upgraded to a PS5 and mm-hmm. probably won't for a while, honestly, just with the price of everything. But, geez, I, I, cr- I opened up Horizon Zero Dawn the other oh, day. Oh, love it. Absolutely love it. Stunning. It's still so amazing. It's, but even on a PS4, it's just like, this is a masterpiece. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. But the load screens, man. Oh, it's, it's just bad. Like, it's it is bad. so long. I couldn't believe it. And again, it's... it's you spoil yourself. You really do. If you if you're touching the new generation of consoles and you try to come back, that is a really painful set of stairs to fall down. <laughs> like, it is like real hard. Uh, I haven't even tried because I knew I'd have that reaction. Yeah, I don't. knew that I was. I knew I'm now spoiled to this. Like I'm. I've experienced a good life. I can't go back now. Like no. there's no going back. So I will say, like I know you're not getting a PS5 anytime soon. I know that's not in the game plan, but. Horizon Forbidden West, the sequel to mm-hmm. Horizon Zero Dawn, is absolutely phenomenal. Like Horizon Zero Dawn looks beautiful. It looks mm-hmm. great. And then times that by 10. And you get <laughs> you get this experience that's just like breathtakingly gorgeous. It's probably the one of the most beautiful games I've ever seen in my mm-hmm. entire life. And it everything loads fast. Like I can quick travel to the other side of the map and it's three seconds. Like that's I don't amazing. even have time to pick up the phone. It is that fast. It is <laughs> I, and I love it. I think that is like it is so it's one of the best games i've played in a very long time no that's stunning like that so i'll say what i have been doing with this ps4 Mm -hmm. is so i've bought uh, for comparison's sake i was curious playstation's new streaming offering oh it's good so so i bought so i bought it so i'm on it right Mm -hmm. now and what i've been doing is i've been playing the playstation games i'm using this thing basically only to stream to the playstation service Mm -hmm. because as best as i understand it it has they're using PS5s on the other end. Yeah, for sure. Of it, right? So like mm-hmm. so this, despite the fact I'm playing the PS4 and because I have enough of an internet speed, I'm not noticing any type of lag, so I'm basically playing a PS5. And even if it's like you lose some of the fidelity because of the streaming nature of it, this mm-hmm. this loading of it is so much faster. It makes it all worth it as well as like the rendering. So like my kind of hack and cheat at the moment is instead to, to be on this PlayStation streaming service. So yeah, I, tap I think into that's, PS5s. That's a really cool um, concept. I never really thought about that, and that is kind of a really cool way to cheat the system a little bit. What games are you playing on there? So that I just started to try it. I only started last week with the uh, PS Plus. Right now, I'm playing uh, Miles Morales. Uh, so Spider Man, the uh, love the it, C- absolutely yeah. love it. That's just I couldn't. My it, my co-host told me about it. He described it like so enthusiastically and he just can't do mm-hmm. it justice when I'm actually, I cannot believe how good that feels just swinging through uh, the city. Like it's, God, it's so good. Like it, it, we are so spoiled now for these type of games. I cannot believe this game exists. 
Now, oh my goodness. To... Uh, mm-hmm. did, oh, I'm sorry to interrupt. One question though. Um, did you play Spider-Man 2018 or was Miles Morales your first entry into this next gen of Spider-Man? It, it was the first interruption, yeah. Cause I, oh, cause I, wow. Cause I'd gotten kind of in the Xbox uh, side of mm-hmm. things and hadn't really dipped in. And then this was the first introduction. So it was, man, it's so good. <laughs> it's so very good. I, I, I'll, I'll, I think I might swing back and see if I can, ha, pardon the pun, and <laughs> <laughs> see, <laughs> see if that one's on the service. But you were mentioning Horizon. And I do wonder if, uh, Forbidden West will eventually show up on this service too. And that'd be, again, just a great cheat to kind of use older hardware to sample the next generation. My theory is that they're going to wait like a year and a half after re- release mm. date of all their major games and then put it on the service. That I have no like founding, uh, like founding evidence towards this, but I it's just a kind of a gut feeling that I have. But they, it was a really quick turnaround with Returnal. I don't know if mm. you heard of that one. It was like a PlayStation exclusive mm. where it's, um, Similar to Hades, it's a roguelike where you mm-hmm. keep coming back, and it's like a bullet shooter similar to um, Borderlands. So it's kind of like a cross between Borderlands and Hades with a little mm. bit of horror aesthetic thrown in there. But it was one of PlayStation's major releases of last year, and it's already on that streaming service. Oh, it's wow. already on PlayStation Plus. So that one, Ghost of Tsushima, you know, it, mm. it came out about you know about two years now. So. That's already on there. I would, I'd highly recommend that if you haven't played that one. It's okay. gorgeous. Nice. It is very much gorgeous to look at as well. I'd probably put it right alongside of like Horizon Zero Dawn as far as like the wow. the the way everything looks and the way everything like the motion of hmm. how that world works. The fact that you can see like those dandelions and you can see like the the you you can see like um like flower petals flying into the wind and Mm. it is it's that level of detail and that art style that's kind of similar to horizon but more of a in a japanese anime kind of style it it looks breathtakingly gorgeous damn i definitely recommend that one to you we'll add that on the queue i love it that sounds awesome yeah yeah the i'm excited like the it's been great i was on the i i'm curious where i go with it because I'm enjoying having the access to it. It is a bit of, it feels a bit foolish to have like so many gaming services, like <laughs> especially with like dad gaming time, like how on earth am I going to like find enough time to play all of these games to make this worth it. Mm-hmm. But initially I, I'll say like initially it was going to be a test just because to, to compare, because my co-host wasn't on the service and I want us to be able to talk about it. And I had the mm-hmm. unique perspective of having game pass, but now that I have it and now that I've seen the library and I've seen how great it works, it's gonna kind of be hard to give it up, honestly. <laughs> and in some ways, you know that the gaming dad experience is just like how do you surround yourself with enough <laughs> enough uh, chances to play a game when those like small times arise. So I don't know. We'll see. I might just stick on it till a PS Five happens to show up. So I think that's uh, that's a good segue into the next question. What games are you playing right now? Oh, that's great. So so obviously Miles Morales, as we just mm-hmm. mentioned. Um, I, I got. Uh, I was in a weird mood for a space sim. So I mentioned, so I was really big into No Man's Sky. Love that game. I mm-hmm. played Elite Dangerous a lot, uh, which is a unbelievable space. If you want, it is a space sims space sim. Like it is okay. Like a right size of the galaxy, like it more realistic type of flying through space type of thing. <laughs> like it's kind of space trucking. And okay. You have like tiny little stations that amongst a huge universe, you'll just take things from one to the other. But it, it's almost it, it's a weird game in that you'll 
you'll be playing it, but then you'll also have like a podcast or like Netflix on another screen. Oh, that kind of a game. I yeah, understand. So, almost almost like Truck Simulator. And it's mm -hmm. like, then you try to describe that to other people. It's like, so you're playing a game, but it's so boring. <laughs> you have like Netflix. It's like, it's not boring. It's just that, you know, on the longer stretches, you know, you can mm -hmm. be like, you don't have to be completely focused. Anyways, but so, <laughs> tangent there. Sorry. I, no, no. I call those stress relief games to where I don't mm -hmm. have to really, I can turn my brain off. Right, it's yes. just one of those things. I'm playing a game just to play a game. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, like I have, I have two TVs in my living room, like stacked up one after yeah. another. It's, it's kind of my wife hack. It, she nice. can watch wherever she wants and I can still play a game. But... And then you're together. So like, I, that's exactly. Exa that's exactly what I do with streaming. Make them the same size. They're symmetrical and it looks, still looks nice and everyone kind of gets their win. Mm -hmm. So I think that's like one of those things to where I, I can completely see myself doing just playing that, turning my brain off, watching whatever she wants to watch or, you know, hanging out with her. And then, uh, cause I do that with a similar game of, um, civilization or like city skylines is mm -hmm. another like builder that i can just like mindlessly build my city and maybe maybe my city will get like a stadium or maybe i'll build my city and build some highways and freeways while we're watching one of those shows on tv so it's mm -hmm. kind of one of those things i can do in the background as well so i get it completely nice and the so i was playing um but I, I didn't quite want to get all the way back into elite although i'm sorry mm -hmm. I, I get the feeling like i'm going to now at this point uh, and it was one what I determined. I picked up the gaming PC again because they on Game Pass for PC. I have the full version of it, so I can get games to my Xbox and also to my mm -hmm. PC. And for PC, they had this beta version available of a game called Everspace. Oh, how is it? Excellent! It's so cool. It's a really interesting take. So it's, it's kind of like the in between of a space arcade shooter with okay. that late dangerous kind of sim type of thing so it's a much okay. more it's a very condensed universe but you can kind of choose your ship you can be a trader you can be a pirate you know you kind mm -hmm. of choose your way through the galaxy so so mm -hmm. i think are you a bethesda game fan like do you like their type of games usually yeah so not as much as some people but i've got into uh, deep into skyrim just like everybody else uh mm -hmm. followed four uh which was of <laughs> all the games as a gaming dad like the, the <laughs> my my co-host gave me the worst like hassle about it because it's like all right so have you done the main quest which is like to save your son and i'm no. like i haven't even looked at that one <laughs> it's like okay so you're a gaming dad and you mm -hmm. get into this game to save your son and you're just off collecting cans for some random old woman instead of saving <laughs> your son <laughs> you're a real great dad man <laughs> i understand completely the reason why i brought um the bethesda mm -hmm. thing up is because like the game you're describing sounds very similar to the upcoming like um xbox exclusive called starfield, starfield. yeah mm -hmm. yeah it sounds very much like that except you know a bethesda version of it <laughs> that'd be so cool because there was um the bethesda like game uh out, outriders outriders was one and then the outer worlds was outer, um, that's the one i was thinking mm -hmm. sorry outer worlds because like it was basically the same people some bethesda like uh veterans obsidian Obsi oh i'm sorry so obsidian right mm -hmm. sorry it, it just like the way the dialogue trees and everything else kind of reminded me of those type of sky skyrim or uh fallout worlds yeah obsidian so, did um fallout 3 new vegas they were that right. team Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. They so they often did their own little uh, version of it, I guess you could say, in the outer world. Yeah. And, and then Bethesda still kept trucking along with Fallout and 
and Elder Scrolls. So okay, is, so that I suppose what worries me about Starfield, I'm super hopeful because that looks like such an amazing. If it is the you know Skyrim version of Elite Dangerous, I'm going to mm-hmm. be just like enthused. That'll be my game for the year. But if it's more like the other one where it's going to be kind of like Skyrim dialogue trees and more about getting onto the ground and me uh, having battles as opposed mm-hmm. to the space stuff, we'll see. And <laughs> given in the current world, like with everything that happened with Cyberpunk, so when a game is so large, it's been under development for so long, and there's just so much hype and promise about it. Like, like what what is your over under on that game coming out and it being good? <laughs> I so my my expectations for that game mixed in with like how I reacted to the trailer because I think this game is more catered to your style of gaming versus mine because you Mm -hmm. liked No Man's Sky and I feel like a lot of that is going to be about that the crafting the building Mm -hmm. and like going from world to world searching for like rare pieces of materials and just mining the hell out of whatever world you go into versus for me I think I look more forward to the the Mass Effect meets mm-hmm. like Dragon yep. Age style of RPGs where I'm on the ground. I'm actually like, I need a story to keep me engaged or at least a side. I need everything to have weight. Mm-hmm. I need everything to have like, give me a side yep. story that I can actually engage in. But so I was a little lukewarm based on the fact that I don't, you sure you're giving us like a thousand planets to go to, but is there anything meaningful, meaningful <laughs> in those planets? Or are we yeah. just going there to hunt resources? So I think if it's, if it's like if that's the case to where we are just going there to hunt resources, I think that might be up your alley with uh, mm-hmm. your love of No Man's Sky versus like the the direction I wish they would go in. But I'm also to the fact that it's a Bethesda game and mm. it's a it's a game that like made by Todd Howard, made by the studio there, and you that's that engine is starting to feel old. Like mm-hmm. I look at it and it's starting to feel like. It does still look like Skyrim. It does still look like Fallout. And I also look at where we've come in open world games since then. And mm-hmm. that kind of feels very much like Skyrim when it first came out. Like it feels antiquated at this at this yep. point. So I'm a little mixed, I think. But I do think with Xbox, I think they desperately need to win right now. I mm-hmm. feel like and Xbox came out with Forza. Forza hit the ground running. I think everyone really liked Forza. I think initially everyone liked Halo Infinite, but you don't hear anyone talk about it anymore. It completely no. missed the ball. It's supposed to be a free-to-play game to where everyone can basically... It's supposed to have longevity and that that livelihood of a Fortnite, and no one's really playing it anymore. So hmm. I think they really need a they really need a home run. They really need something that says like, "This is why you buy Game Pass. This is the premier game for Xbox." Hmm. PlayStation has ten of those right now. I can only name <laughs> they they really do. Like <laughs> I can legitimately sit here and spout off like ten PlayStation exclusive games that where I'm like. You really need to play this as a gamer, especially if you're a narrative focused gamer. These games are like the creme de la creme, top shelf. Mm. And on Xbox, I look at that portfolio of what they released and I'm like, okay, you have, if you're a racing fan, you have Forza. If you're a shooting fan, you have Gears of War and Halo. Have fun. Go, <laughs> go to work. And off you play. Yeah. yeah. No, I can hear you. I think, I suppose I've been a little, um, I'm still very happy with the system, like mm-hmm. uh, and, and their the offering of it, even if it's not necessarily exclusives. Just the amount of it and the day ones that they seem to be coming up with. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, like if they do, which I'm not necessarily sure it's good for. I, I don't. Nec- I could care less for PlayStation or Xbox to win. I'd prefer for gamers to win. 
I understand you know, that completely. That, that, I think that, like yeah. the competition rises all tides though. I would like it yeah. to be, yeah, I would like it to be a little more as far as like competitive landscape in the sense of like, they both have good exclusives and they're almost trying to outdo one another versus mm-hmm. versus it being like so one-sided to where I'm like, okay, if you really want to play games and you really don't necessarily care about like big AAA blockbusters, go with Xbox, get Game Pass. You're going to be happy with the library that is coming out on Game Pass because they're going to give you really cool games that you haven't heard of mm-hmm. and they're going to give it to you day one versus these are like the premier games to where I would argue, I would almost argue it's like, you going to the movies to see a Marvel MCU movie where mm. it feels like a must see event on the PlayStation side of the fence versus mm-hmm. you your day to day life where you have Netflix and Hulu and all the everything you can want at the house just available for you to stream. Mm. It almost feels like two separate directions, but they're both in the same medium, if that makes sense. Yeah, and that's a great metaphor for that. I really like that one because the there's some interest like there's humdrum movies where it's like this is I'm interested to see this, but it's, I don't know that this is like $30 movie ticket and popcorn mm-hmm. and babysitter in my case to go see this in a movie as opposed to something like a Marvel where it's like, okay, this is an event. Like this yeah. is something they like go and see. So the big, bold blockbusters will be interesting. I have mixed feelings about the recent Activision acquisition if it does go through for Microsoft where great like it you know that obviously from a since i'm on game pass i get all these extra games that's like neat and everything if they ever do pull shenanigans as far as exclusives and pull in all of that ip from activision and not allow playstation to have it uh, you know I, I preferred your view of it where you're saying you know it rises all tides mm-hmm. and in the sense of where okay we're gonna buy one of the most legendary gaming studios and just like <laughs> vault away all of their content so this whole other side of gaming can't access it feel feels counter to it I don't, I don't think it doesn't feel like that's part of the ethos of like okay the entire gaming community is gonna be risen up by a bit of healthy competition as it is screw you i'm taking my ball and going home yeah i understand i that that's why i kind of like i want to see what xbox does with that if they're mm-hmm. going to make it multi-platform like because Call of Duty is the biggest franchise in the world for gaming for a reason. And I don't think they're going to lose, want to lose out on half the market, especially. No, I, no, I don't think they're going to want to do that. But they already have a, con- a contract in place for the next three Call of Duty games. So they're guaranteed mm-hmm. to still stay on PlayStation. But after that, do you go exclusive and lose out on half the market? Or do you keep it there and hopefully boister Game Pass up? My optimistic point of view is like, even if they even if they do make Call of Duty exclusive, I hope that they can take like take all the IP that Activision basically buried under the Call of Duty, like big juggernaut that Call of Duty is, hmm. and rise that back up. Maybe, nice. you know, Activision, so many, so many studios and so many like IPs under its belt that they were only working on three games and all three of those games start with Call of Duty. They have hmm. other games in that library. I think... They now have like Crash Bandicoot and they could bring back, they can actually do another Crash <laughs> game. They can do something like a Spyro game. They can mm-hmm. re- use like IP that and with Activision by themselves have buried just to keep furthering up the agenda of Call of Duty. And mm-hmm. with Xbox's money, they don't necessarily need to keep having three Call of Duty games. They can just focus on, hey, this is Call of Duty. These are three modes within Call of Duty that you can play let's let some of these other studios, some of our smaller studios focus on some of the other IP that we got with this purchase. Mm. And in that way, I think all gamers still win. That's 
I love that kind of thought of it. That would be phenomenal. I think I was trying to think because as far as like you asked me favorite games and now like I can't believe I, mi- I missed Mass Effect when you were talking about that love earlier. Mass Effect. God, that, that, that probably fits in somewhere on that list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was embarrassed I wasn't there. But another one was Beyond Good and Evil. Which oh. is, now, now, now do remind me is that I'm trying to think of that as Activision though I'm not sure I if think it was. that is Square Enix if I'm not correctly uh, uh, okay because like there's some little part of me that was like does, in in your great looking world does that mean that <laughs> we might actually finally get the good beyond good and evil one but I think I, I might be mixing my studios yeah but um let me make sure Beyond Good and Evil Two is in development hell right now. Like they cannot get yeah. the thing off the ground. But <laughs> yeah. I was we I, I was mistaken as well. It's Ubisoft that's oh boy, okay, I'm way off. Then. That's All doing right. that, and they're in their own little like pickle as well. They quite they are in their own little little um conundrum right now. So mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think we're getting Beyond Good and Evil Two anytime <laughs> soon, especially considering yeah, they are like- yeah. They're restarting development is like the last story I've heard. So right now they announced that game six years ago, by the way, six That's years ago. Like, I know that was so bad. <laughs> just, just kill it. That's already dead. <laughs> Stop dragging us along, please. I, um, I'm hopeful that eventually it'll come out. I'm always hopeful that, you know, it'll be kind of like that redemption story of the year where we finally get to see it. Because mm. I never say never after Kingdom Hearts 3 came out. Kingdom Hearts <laughs> 3 was announced. I was graduating, I think, like high school whenever like I was it was originally announced that Kingdom Hearts 3 was supposed to come out in like 2009. And it mm. is 2022 now. And it just came out in t- like 2020. So I have hope that games can still come out. Well, I, I, thought, <laughs> I thought you were going to go with uh, Duke Nukem. Oh my then, goodness! I cause that, yeah, because that was that, that was the wildest story. Like the fact that they actually pulled that off and released it, and it was like that, relatively playable. It was just like mm-hmm. I can't believe you actually did this. Like that's just like how how did you manage to pull this off? But yeah, and now I hear that, that they're attempting to do like a Duke Nukem show and or and or uh, movie. So don't please don't. <laughs> it's just like. <laughs> So one of those games you hide from the kids, you know. <laughs> it really is. It really is. It really is. So speaking of, um, you know, being a gamer dad and you know having kids, what are some of the games you actually let your kids play? Like, how do you navigate that? Hmm. I, I think there's some obvious wins. I mean, the recent uh, Teenage Ninja Mutant Turtle one, uh, Shredder's so Revenge, mm-hmm. perfect, just stunning. It was, it was so great. Like it was, it hit all the nostalgia beats, but then it updated some of the mechanics so that you know, modern gamers could have a better time with it. So the, the mm-hmm. kids just adore that. That was absolutely amazing. Uh, you get the obvious ones, like anything really Nintendo, any Nintendo property is going to suit you real well, right? Mm-hmm. So Mario, Zelda, uh, you know, take your pick. Those Mario Kart, of course, those are going great. You know, the, some parents don't like um, Splatoon, though, since it has like mm-hmm. that shooting kind of mechanic more so than anything else. Yeah, How do you then, feel about Splatoon? That's fine. It's just like the, the, the shooting kind of depends on is it akin to us watching looney tunes when we were mm-hmm. a kid where it's violence not in the sense that you're reveling in the explosive or damaging nature of it as opposed to haha i got you you got me you know it's, okay. it's, mm-hmm. it's more like kids like in spittoon that's more akin i think to kids and friends running around a playground with nerf guns as, uh, opposed, as, as opposed to going to a, a shooting range like mm-hmm. there's just there's vastly different context to it. So that's why something like that I don't necessarily worry about. Uh, Minecraft, I think, by far is the greatest 
invention in gaming for kids that I've ever seen. Like it, kids by their nature just flock to Lego. You know what I mean? Like there's mm-hmm. something about those little blocks that have captured imagination since the 1950s. And what if you could take kids and put them into the infinite Lego box of which there are monsters and buildings and, you know, forget like the core gameplay, but just the, especially within creative mode, the type of sculptures that my kids have come up with, like together, like collaboratively, the two of them, my two sons, like just playing with each other, they'll, they'll drag me over to show me some of their creations. And the one time they had what would have been like a thousand foot statue mm-hmm. of, I think it was like a cow. And then they had a big plus sign. And then it had another thousand foot statue of, geez, I don't know what it was called, like a chicken. Okay. And then they, had, then they had an equal sign and they combined this. But it's all like this, this 3D space. They had sculpted it inside of it. Then they made each one of a, into a house as well. So you could like, go inside of this thing. Now, That's it, crazy. So the, like the imagination, the problem solving, the teamwork, like it's just, it, it becomes a language because they'll get together with their cousins or friends. And it's like, do you play Minecraft? Oh, so do I. Mm-hmm. And they have this like combined experience and they're playing a game. It's like, they're playing digital Legos. Like this is the greatest possible thing that like spurs so much like innovation and thought. So, so, so I, pl- oh, you're going. Th- no, no, I was just going to say like, I spoke to a recent guest of mine on the show and he alluded to like Minecraft being like almost like a gateway to coding, so to speak, because yeah. they're learning how to build worlds. And I just thought that was fascinating because see, because kind of when you think about it, like they're basically developing their own like micro game in, mm-hmm. inside of a game. Yeah, and, and, and quite literally, because there was, uh, I was starting to get targeted <laughs> for ads on Facebook, <laughs> where there was, a, there was a coding camp uh, mm-hmm. taught entirely virtually in Minecraft. So you were to meet with your teacher in this Minecraft server, and they were going to teach you how to code inside of Minecraft, like to That's teach you amazing. the fundamentals of how to do it. So no, absolutely, like the problem solving, the uh, kind of like base level coding of it, it's stunning. Like it is one of the greatest possible inventions for gaming on kids. Plus it's just, you know, it still is fun, which is mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, the, the place where it starts to get worried. So all those are great examples of it. I think really what you're looking for is it is a problematic online interactions. So like, will they connect with other people? Mm-hmm. Like, that's a massive no, no. I will, I will say what's great though, is a lot of these games now will um, work that into the, the game so you can just say okay no friend requests no voice chat no connections right basically so just try like to cut it off because yeah. you know the, the thought of your kid hopping online with some you know 40 year old in some other county mm-hmm. doesn't feel great <laughs> no right no. so you know that type of stuff you want to be aware of microtransactions are terribly problematic so you definitely gotta have your system locked down to make sure that like, i didn't that despite the fact that I ran a gaming show for kids, like a or gaming dads <laughs> for mm-hmm. seven years, my kid ended up buying three games because oh, I had no. not because I had not set up the parental controls. <laughs> Meanwhile, oh. the irony of ironies of all people in the world that would you would think would be on top of that ball, <laughs> but I was at work and I I got like a couple successive emails like, "Hey, congratulations on your purchase!" "Hey, congratulations on your oh, purchase!" No to my kids eyes it was like oh cool i push this button and i get a new game this is yeah. awesome <laughs> so out of curiosity do you remember what the games were yeah so one was uh garden warfare okay which um, is plants uh, versus zombies right yeah exactly mm-hmm. number two and which honestly that really is a great kids game because i love it 
yeah, it, it's fun. It's uh, inventive. Like it's kind of creative. So that's a lot of fun. Like so, I couldn't fault them too much. And then they bought some uh, DLC for that game, like some of the in-game currency. <laughs> like, oh, you sons! I, I, um, and then, you know, you start to get into more interesting mechanics. Minecraft Dungeons was really popular with them. Mm-hmm. My, my kids really like that one. That kind of gets them into the Diablo space as far as uh, dungeon crawling. I, th- I think generally, you're looking at the context of the violence. You're okay. looking at the content of what is inside of the game. Is this something that will disturb them or scare them or drum, drum up conversations you're not particularly ready for at this moment? And then, you, you know, you're looking at your child because every kid's going to be different too. a relationship. Some six-year-olds can handle it. Some other six-year-olds won't. They'll have nightmares. So you'll know your kid. But beyond that, I think there's those obvious things of online threats, online connections, violence, uh, you know, kind of adult situations. And then like what what would be appropriate for it? There's going to be some gauge towards it, but it's fairly obvious that something like a Minecraft is always going to be great. Uh, the next Saint Saint Row Saints Row game, probably not so, not much. so much. Probably not, <laughs> probably not so much. <laughs> not so much. Are you actually? Are you going to dive into Saints Row at all? I really, I really like three. I had a blast. Like just one, it's one of those ones where, at the time that it came out, I had much more time, so I was just able to like rip around the world. Mm-hmm. I really love the systems, the freedom, especially in contrast to something like a GTA. Where it's just like, well, I don't know if you have enough money. You're going to have to drive yeah. the subway. <laughs> and then Saints Row would say, like, here's a jet. Like, it's coming from the sky. Fly off. <laughs> <laughs> just silly nonsense. It was really a video game. It really and was. It, and- it is, it's a nice balance between Grand Theft Auto and still that wacky arcade kind of game. Yeah. And they pulled that off so well. I really enjoyed three the most out of the mm-hmm. Saints Row games because it, to me, it was like one and two were GTA clones, exactly mm-hmm. like GTA. Two yeah. is like when they finally figured out their niche and were like, hey, we're going to try something completely different. We're not going to take ourselves as seriously as mm-hmm. we did in one and two and as serious as like GTA does. And then four just kind of went completely off the rails and they're like, let's throw everything we can at this game. Let's, you know, let our characters go explore hell now. And I'm like, no, you're, you're doing yeah. too much now. Three was that nice sweet spot, though. Mm hmm. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Three was a phenomenal game. So I, if they can take that lineage, kind of dial it back a bit and then put it onto modern consoles with quick resume and no load times, I think they got a winner. So I, so my thing is, I don't necessarily know if people are still going to gravitate towards Saints Row in 2022. And mm-hmm. I think that's like the biggest uphill battle is I if you look at like Watch Dogs, Watch Dogs came out, I think it was November 2020 the watchdogs legions and it was on sale i kid you not at 20 dollars by christmas yeah, and no. it, it just it, it completely flopped and i don't That's tragedy yeah and far cry a lot of far cry is kind of the same thing i the open world genre you really just got to knock it out of the park or you're basically going to fall on your face or and be like a 20 dollar msrp game in less than like three months and watchdogs to me i as much as i want it to succeed it realistically I look at that game and I'm like, oh, this is going to be like $20 by Black Friday. Yeah. It's coming out in Saint, August. Do you mean Saints Row? or Saints Row, sorry. Okay, okay yeah. just checking, yeah. Yeah, it l- almost looks like this is going to be a $20 game before Christmas is over. Yeah, you got to wonder what they're going to do and if they lean too much into the... If, if it's just too akin to Saint, Saints Row 3, not only was it the perfect balance of it, it was a perfect time for it mm-hmm. amongst a bunch of other games. If this is just kind of like the slapstick version of cyberpunk you know what is the appetite for that and especially in a world of what i'm finding interesting for myself 
and I'd be curious to your take on it, is the actual purchasing of games has been a really weird uh, event for me now, in the sense that like the there has to be something truly wondrous about magnificent about a game, very much like your Marvel mm-hmm. uh, metaphor, right? Where it's like for me to get out of my game streaming services, which I pay for every month, to pay additional money for this game, it, there has to be something really wonderful about it. So Saints Row, when it comes out, will it be day one on any of the streaming services? Probably not. Mm-mm. So is, is it is it enough for me to come out of my gaming streaming life and pay like $90 for this game? It's like for a Saints Row game, I don't I don't think so, right? That, I, so it, I, I, I think, there's, think there's been an effect. Mm-mm. I think you're right on the money there. Like, especially as an Xbox gamer, like you really look at it and see like, okay, am I going to get this game on Game Pass? Is this probably going to come on Game Pass within the next six months? Because I can wait if it's going to come yeah. in six months. But as a PlayStation gamer, you're also, you're especially with like PlayStation Extra being so new, you're mm-hmm. not getting any major PlayStation games basically day one. Stray is a minor, like it's like the, a double a kind of game it's not like that big triple a kind of game and that's as mm-hmm. close as you're going to get but on xbox's side of the fence i cannot see myself making that kind of purchase unless it's like one of those game of the generation type of games that's mm-hmm. not probably not coming to game pass anytime soon and i think like the biggest example of that is like Elden ring um mm, right if you yeah if you're like a person who really loves those type of like firm software games like demon souls and all that kind of stuff I highly doubt is since Elden Ring is still selling Game Busters that it's coming to Game Pass anytime soon. No, no. So if you, yeah, if you want but to join like, that conversation, definitely go buy it. But yeah. that what was like, you saying, though. Yeah, no that that is the perfect example of it. Where as far as a game so outside of the not outside of the mold, but a game that is such a humongous event. Like mm-hmm. Elden Ring coming out was just like the second coming as for some people, as far as gaming, like people were knocking down the doors. They want their next souls version of it. So though anybody and everybody would pay 80 bucks, fine, whatever. I got to get this thing. Right. So it makes total sense. And again, yeah. that's just where you, you look at the landscape and you look at something like a saints row and you're, you're no Elden Ring. I don't know. What to tell no, you. for sure. Not. I hope yeah. you do great. I, I really hope you guys do great. And I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I don't think there's going to be another game quite like Elder Ring this year, except for one, and that's God of War Ragnarok. And Ooh. God of War Ragnarok is coming out in November, and that's going to be PlayStation's like big like hoorah kind of game for the fall. And I think that game has the potential to be a game of the generation as well. So those two going off like one versus one for game of the year is going to be an interesting battle. The it's yeah. it's God of Wars right now can take. Com- especially considering we're so far removed from like the height of Elden Ring. And a lot of people, uh, you know, are still trickling in and playing it, mm-hmm. but like it were pat- like, it came out in February. We've had a couple of months to cool down on that. God of war can completely come in and just take out the rest of that year <laughs> and just dominate the conversation. <laughs> and- oh, it's going to be wild. It, I love it. Cause it's the, we joked so much about that one. Cause it's just dad of war. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> just like this is great. This is like Dad Simulator. I'm finally spending time with my kids. Look at me go. <laughs> is that is that okay? So last question. I know you gotta got. I know it's getting kind of late, but like, do you think that's what do you think is the best dad game of all time? Like, do you think that's among them? Like, where you're actually playing I, as a dad? It, I think it's gonna have to take it because it's just like the. I mean, there was the uh, there's Last of Us. I don't know if he's actually the father. Is he the father in that game? 
he i consider that i consider that girl to be my my daughter at that point. okay so you, you know it's like an adoption yeah, situation to they, me at they, that point there was followed four but there's just zero connection to the kid no. like i don't like right so and and you see the emotional arc of mm-hmm. that dad like uh, the thought that kratos could possibly ever melt to any such degree to actually have a fatherly bond to somebody but like that the storytelling so in a amazing. god of war game of all things like it's, it's such a bold choice so given that lineage but then the story itself the gameplay itself how it all melts together how the two of them work as a team a father-son team mm-hmm. I, I don't know that you'll top it that is like that of war <laughs> for sure i think takes that cake easy. yeah i think the you mentioned it like a second ago i think the last of us is the only thing that even comes close to that it's either last of us and i know people in the audience when this will post will probably be yelling like the what was it the walking dead for the walking dead mm, telltale games had a right. really cool father and son like dynamic between the characters but those that like i was about to say dad of war but god of war is got to take the cake there it is magnificent it is mm-hmm. legitimately everything you'd want out of a very heartfelt story and a very mm-hmm. interpersonal relationship with a dad who's struggling to be a dad and a kid mm-hmm. who's like coming into his own trying to figure out his own place in the world and i'm so fascinating to see where they go in the sequel yeah i think can't wait so yeah that again it's a perfect example that's a event people will pay extra outside of streaming services and rightly so i think i might even as well because you know got to represent dads playing games yeah right? for sure <laughs> for sure so spoiler alert for the podcast we can expect to see your review on on dad award too <laughs> yeah. it'll be an event we should we don't do much uh streaming or anything like that but perhaps we make an exception and we <laughs> will do that live dad reaction see if we can get some so tears good. That's so good. So before we go, where can the good people find you, Trevor? Yeah, so the so we, we're trying our best to be active on Twitter. So if you find us at New Dad Gaming and then our website, newdadgaming.com. And otherwise, a podcast is, you know, and anywhere we get your podcast. So iTunes, Spotify, Caster, Google Play, all the usual folks. But search for New Dad Gaming tends to find us. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you. Definitely go check them out. Um, check them out on all platforms and check out the podcast new dad gaming is a very fun show very cool very <laughs> educational as well i i got a lot of laughs out of it so definitely go check out the podcast trevor thank you so much for being on the show today man it was such a great conversation sebastian thanks for having me no thank you i gotta have you back we'll we'll have to talk Please. about dad award too whenever he comes out <laughs> we'll make an event of it it'll be great yeah Can't wait for, for sure well thank you again and i'll catch you in the next one hey talk soon all right, bye, Trevor. So that's it for today's show. I want to take a moment to thank Trevor Alexander for joining the show. Definitely go check out his podcast, New Dad Gaming. So, just a reminder, you can get the show later on the ProNerd Report YouTube channel, as well as all your favorite podcast platforms. If you like what you heard, please leave a dope review and subscribe. The ProNerd Report releases every single week and brings you the dopest guests and topics in the nerd community. This is your host, Sebastian, and I can be found at Sebastian23 on all social media platforms. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode, and I hope to catch you on the next one. Peace.